0: day and welcome back to the Help Me Understand podcast. Uh, Jonathan Martin with me today. He's going to help me understand a little bit more about the mastery transcript and uh, how it's evolving, where it's going, and uh, the promise that it has um, in a lot of ways. And so welcome, Jonathan.
1: Thanks, Bob. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you, and uh, great to reconnect after a few years of us kind of wandering our own forest. Uh, it, it always seems like our work comes back together somewhere along the way, uh, whether it's through this podcast or uh, just through serving schools and districts in a in a great way. I um, you know you've been working um, on this idea and this concept and the growth of the Mastery Transcript. Give us a just an overview of what that actually means.
1: Sure. I mean, the mastery transcript is a form of or a vehicle for reinventing crediting, which is the title of my new book on the topic. And I was pleased to be part of the mastery transcript consortium in 2016, 17, as it first got off the ground, doing several of the most uh, several important early projects for them, building a sample set of competencies, Um, That would be credited on the transcript and other early projects, but let me just tell you what it means. Yeah What it means is uh, a transcripts really very different from the high school transcript and we're largely but not exclusively talking about high schools right now and uh, A high school transcript that is really very different from the high school transcript that we're all very familiar with, which is used, I think, nearly universally in the United States and has been used nearly universally for over 100 years. The transcript that lists four or five classes a semester completed, you know, with 1.5 credits or 3.0 credits for a school year uh, course completion and a letter grade next to it. And that transcript, which can be compressed to a one-page PDF and uh, purports to represent the entirety of a high school experience, a high school learning program. And our argument is that that transcript, which is antiquated and sharply limited in what it can convey, is ripe is overdue for a transformation. And the new kind of transcript instead credits competencies or masteries, if you prefer. It credits those particularly sharply defined competencies that a student has developed and demonstrated to mastery, it, organized in buckets by the core competencies a school has decided is most important. It allows schools to more sharply differentiate themselves. Some schools might focus more on competencies related to STEM. Others might have a broader base program. Some schools might have competencies for public service, for social emotional skills and capacities, for um, creativity and innovation. So schools can distinguish themselves by what their defined set of core competencies are and how they Credit a high school education and students work at their own pace. You don't have to simply go through a semester length of 60 hours of seat time to earn uh, a credit. Instead, you earn the credit when you're ready to be that faster or slower than the traditional time frame. And uh, and courses can now be assembled that break the mold. We can credit students for. Interdisciplinary courses we can credit students for uh, applied learning in the field and internships. we can credit students for online and independent passion projects, online learning and independent passion projects all so long as they those experiences fall within a uh, you know a, a particular competency as defined by the school. The master transcript which is underway now, there are schools this fall submitting the new mastery transcript will not present a set of courses not present a set of carnegie units not present a set of grades but instead demonstrates the competencies a student has earned and de- demonstrated and earned with links in a hyperlinked online portfolio powered program to student work products for any evaluating organization be that a higher ed, college or university, or a workforce employer can click with a simple you know, movement of the mouse to see the evidence basis for that competency that has been earned, uh, uh, competency that's been um, mastered and the credit that's been earned. And this allows us to go far beyond the one page paper or PDF kind of blank you know, uh, model Towards a powerful tool for capturing and conveying what students have actually learned in high school.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, and you know, I, I think in education we are in this space where the outputs that we've generated over the last century, like you mentioned, uh, whether it's a transcript or grades or standardized test scores, have been. Backwards drivers of a huge number of systems that we have built behind them, and um, many of us haven't even thought about the impact that just this system of transcript that we've inherited has limited us in thinking about all the things you just spoke of. Uh, how how are you seeing this as a as a piece of liberation, uh, if you would, around um, giving schools both? Uh, uh, just some freedom and some opportunity to really rethink everything that they're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to give credit to Scott Looney. Scott is head of school in Cleveland called the Hawkins School. And Scott, with his team, Doris Corda and others in the early aughts, built a really rich, experiential downtown Cleveland's Uh, uh, entrepreneurship class that was intended to be half a day each school day uh, at their downtown campus, their center of the city campus. And he, you know, the program was applied, it was experiential, it was interdisciplinary, it was uh, challenging and rigorous. And yet, they found over and over again, they didn't know, they were limited, the school was, in how to package that course into a conventional transcript. And they had various folks telling them, "Well, this doesn't fit this course, or we define these requirements by these courses, and it just it didn't fit into the mold." And what Scott and his team recognized was the transcript, just as you said, is this fierce constraint. Uh, it's a low ceiling to what we want to do in developing innovative educational experiences. I saw this too, my book describes at some length the program, the universal secondary school crediting and transcript model in New Zealand. New Zealand adopted a powerful transformation in the uh, mid-aughts 2005 um, for what they call the NCEA, the National Certificate of Educational Achievement, which is their new transcript model. And that simply identifies hundreds of standards from which a student and his or her advisors can select a, uh, a, a threshold, a minimum number to meet requirements to graduate high school. And uh, the number, the available standards are wide, you know, myriad, abundant, and, and students and their advisors can work to assemble a unique individual student pathway towards a high school diploma that ensures that they demonstrate the academic competencies they need but also can explore the particular topics or passions or two projects that uh, they're most interested in. And I went to schools in New Zealand, like Hudsonville Point Secondary School, where you saw such a beautiful blend of year-long interdisciplinary projects and uh, applied in their community. You saw students work working individually in small groups through their particular interests and passions, and you saw teachers teaching some conventional courses to ensure that the students acquired the academic uh, proficiencies they needed for their future ambitions, but it's a very exciting school to visit, and you can see the way in which uh, changing the, uh, the, the end, end goals, the, the end zone for what a high school education is all about. Um, allows for tremendous innovation and creativity in the student's learning um, experience.
0: Yeah, it's funny, you know, the work that I do uh, with schools and districts around learning space design, um, you know, I I turned to New Zealand as well, right? So small country, smaller ship to turn, um, but they continue to showcase how, you know, learning environment is impacting all of these kind of innovations uh, as well. Um, my my next question really leans on this idea. We're seeing a lot more schools talk about students leaving with a portfolio. We're seeing lots of schools develop their uh, graduate of a, a portrait of a graduate, right? And I feel like yes. those are pieces of this puzzle. But without going to the transcript itself, um, those pieces of the puzzle are going to have a plateau, I believe. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I've been an enthusiast for digital portfolios for a long time. A lot of us have. We want students to be able to develop and hone their voice, share their creative outlets to demonstrate their unique uh, skills and talents and abilities. Um, and yet, uh, a portfolio without a, str- a real strong structure, what am I looking for here? What is it that this is particularly trying to tell me? As a, as a viewer, as an evaluator, uh, as an admission officer, as an employer, um, it becomes a bit of a swamp, I fear. Like, what, what should I, you know, I, I, get, I get this big portfolio, I, I can click through it, but what am I looking for? What do I want to take away from this? And I think the beauty, and again, you know, credit to the team at Mastery Transcript uh, Consortium that's putting this together, um, and that I've written about, is that they sort of bring these pieces together. They say, you know what to look for. We've organized a high school education around the acquiring of very particular and very important uh, competencies. And the portfolio serves to to illustrate and, and provide that evidence basis. And it's all the, the structured pathway here is for an evaluator to know what to look for and appreciate what they're seeing instead of being a little bit more adrift in a just collection of a bunch of students' uh, work products.
0: Yeah, and I think that students at times appreciate knowing where they're shooting for. I think that many of our students these days hear, we want you to be creative, we want you to contribute, we want you to be an entrepreneur, uh, and make sure you get a 90% on your half a credit in language arts. And all (laughs) of a sudden, right, like, They're like, okay, I can do one or both, or okay, and some kids can make that system work, but um, as we have grown the complexity of learning and the systems around that in formal education, um, you know, whether it's grades or a transcript or how we report to universities, um, I think we're starting to see some cracks and folks saying like those systems just have lost their usefulness Um, um, as big macro uh, sort of pieces to the puzzle for us. And so as schools start to think about this, and maybe they're not ready to go to mastery transcript, but maybe they're interested in kind of um, putting their toe in the water, getting a group together to start thinking about this. um, How have you seen folks successfully start this process?
1: Yeah, I mean... Like you said, one thing to do, and many schools are doing this, is to create a profile of the graduate and ensure it defines, and most do, that's the model of them, define a very particular set, unique to that school's mission history, philosophy, uh, of core competencies a student is expected to develop, demonstrate over the course of their high school curriculum, convey that on the transcript or and or the school reports to colleges and other uh, evaluators, employers, um, start to identify ways in which very specifically students have acquired and, and displayed those core competencies and think about how you can begin to indicate them on a page two of the transcript, on a supplement to the transcript, um, or the way in which courses can be organized to uh, demonstrate that students have acquired those competencies. And beyond the transcript, uh, back in the schoolhouse, it's important, of course, that schools having built this portrait of the graduate and defined these key competencies are supporting their teachers in developing both the learning design skills to craft the learning experiences in which students can develop and demonstrate these key competencies uh uh, performance task assessments um uh, project-based learning interdisciplinary experiences uh applied and and non-cognitive learning experiences and um and then second that teachers because people will be skeptical of these new uh transcripts skeptical because because they're new because they're unfamiliar teachers need to develop uh, and be supported in, in building and crafting the assessment proficiency using powerful and effective rubrics, well-designed and effective rubrics, uh, collaboratively to uh, assess and establish these students uh, proficiencies, student proficiency to mastery. And so that's a, an assessment literacy exercise that needs to happen in the schoolhouse. It's a performance task design proficiency that happens to happen. Um, that requires a whole bunch of professional learning and professional collaboration. We want these competencies to be awarded with um, general, you know, with good quality consistency. And so teachers need to work with each other across their departments and grade levels and teams on uh, inter-rater reliability that uh, the competency earned in one part of the school is comparable, equivalent to one in the other part of the school. And all of that work, whether or not you eventually adopt a formal mastery transcript, or what I call a competency-based crediting system um, of whatever kind, mastery transcript or otherwise, all of those, um, all of the preliminary work, defining the profile of the graduates, the core competencies, the performance task assessment, and uh, uh, iterator reliability, all of those are just great, important things for schools to be doing um, regardless.
0: Yeah, and so, yeah, and so even if it isn't uh, a complete package, uh, part of that process is a good thing. I always say uh, when I'm training for a race, if I get injured the week before the race, the 16 weeks worth of training were probably still good for me. Um, Enormously. Yeah, and so I think that if this is the catalyst to kind of let us dig into some of these systems um, and have some more meaningful conversations. I think that's powerful and it's also encouraging we're in a day and age where a a lot of the work happening around the country has a sense of deprivatization there's people that want to share their work there are people that want to uh, give you uh, so you can apply it across your system Uh, you do have to localize that you do have to make it work in your parameters but you know, eighty percent of the work on where we go and how we do this is out there, and I'm sure some of those details are in the book as well. And I'm sure you point to uh, organizations that are already doing this well. Maybe you could share a story or two about places that you feel uh, are, are leaders here in the states.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Nueva School in California is uh, working really hard to transform their conventional courses, restructure them uh, so that they are organized to deliver and uh, establish student competencies and their set of core competencies they defined. And they are building in parallel to their conventional transcript, a mastery transcript uh, program where students are Receiving credits and uh, documented for the acquisition of those core competencies, and they are involving students in this uh, pilot and prototyping every step of the way. They're ensuring the students and parents feel comfortable and see how this is aligned with what their educational program has always been about, which is uh, a broad set of competencies and not simply how a, a number of hours completed via seat time in you know conventional classes. And um, it's, a, it's exciting to see how they are building out a, a multi-year, step-by-step uh, process towards what will be ultimately transformative in the way in which or learning is organized and eventually more uh, meaningful and pertinent, more engaging and authentic, more applied and experiential for, for their students. I will say um, the, the New Zealand experience, you know, they've worked at this long and hard over 15 years to bring to bear the fruits of a, of a new kind a new system of crediting and transcripts. And I will, Bob, I'm gonna be leading a travel study program to New Zealand next summer, where uh, I'll take a team of 12 to 15 US educators to visit half a dozen New Zealand schools, explore and examine the NCEA system there and derive lessons that can be applied back in the States for schools that in one way or, or another are, are moving towards a, uh, a different system, a different approach to crediting and, and recording transcripts for student learning.
0: Well, hey, that's exciting. There are, there are a few people around the country that would love to be in New Zealand for a lot of reasons. Um, and um, I, I think that um, every time I get a chance to go visit a school, whether it's in the way of a school in California or some of the schools right here close in the Midwest, uh, I, I get inspired by a thousand ideas. So I can only imagine uh, doing that overseas. Uh, that'll be a fantastic trip. You know, there is a, a boogeyman around this, right? There's the boogeyman that says, "This is great. This is going to be awesome for kids. This is going to produce amazing kids." colleges aren't going to understand this and they're going to revolt or my kid's not going to be able to get into mit or harvard because they have a mastery transcript i know that's not the truth i know it's a boogeyman but uh help me debunk that a little bit
1: yeah there's a lot of different things going on with that and people are right to be concerned um i one of the chapters of my book describes uh, a set of interviews i did and some research i did about how Higher Ed is initially responding to the Mastery Transcript, and it was remarkable how consistent some of those conversations were, where deans and directors, vice presidents of admission and enrollment at uh, a number of different universities told me that they loved the concept. That's so exciting. We want more authentic record of student learning. And then they would pause, there, and then they would go, but I'm not actually sure how we could make that work within our systems right now. And and they are concerned about this. But but to your point, there are a number of different things happening. One is that Scott Looney and his team at Mastery Transcript Consortium, they hired a CEO who is a former college board vice president and uh, has a tremendous network across higher ed in the United States. They are working... Uh, very carefully over a multi-year project with many university presidents and admission officers to um, build uh, an understanding and appreciation a knowledge base and a system by which these uh, higher institutions, colleges, universities can uh, recognize the value of and build systems to accept and appropriately um, respect. Uh, the alternate transcript model. So that's happening now and they're making good progress with that. Um, right. There will be a, you know, it'll vary institution by institution. Some of the bigger um, public universities, the university of California system is a complicated beast. And, uh, and it may be that for the time being, there will need to be a kind of parallel processing where schools generate parallel transcripts. But um, we are uh, you know the, the work is underway to recognize how this can fit and ultimately convey much more effectively what students both what students have actually learned what they what masteries they've actually accumulated in their high school experience and also how to differentiate students far more sharply than in the conventional model, where almost all transcripts by high-performing students look about the same and have, they look about the same in the number of courses in the, in the, in the particular courses completed, AP courses and calculus and you know, U.S. history. And they look about the same in the grades earned, A's. And that's, you can say so much more and you can differentiate students so much more greatly through this new process. And I think colleges and, college and universities will kept, catch up to that pretty quickly.
0: I think so, too. And I, I'm hopeful that in in my lifetime in education, uh, i' am I'm able to hand my daughter's able to have some sort of transcript like this where um, she can walk into or apply for um, some sort of higher education and say, I've got a lot of skills to bring to the table. I'm an asset to your organization, and I think that um, it really does put admissions folks in a different mindset that these kids have amazing assets that we get. As opposed to, uh, we're taking these kids, um, and I, I think that that's an interesting shift. So, some final questions here. Um, there's an equity lens around all of this work. As private independent schools, a few public schools get to be a part of this. Is there a possibility we create another gap where um, you know every you know African American and Latino student has a piece of paper with numbers on it and Nothing dynamic about it, and uh, many, many of our affluent students have these amazing transcripts. How do we make sure that this isn't another gap that we're creating?
1: It's a very important concern. It's a concern that I raised multiple times in the book. Um, It's a concern that I think the Mastery Transcript Consortium itself has increasingly uh, recognized and, and working to come to grips with. And uh, and yeah, it's gonna it's gonna haunt this, and frankly, it haunts you know many other educational innovative innovation enterprises yeah. um, across the country and beyond. I think that uh, we see whether it's through the Mastery Transcript or or elsewhere, we see competency-based education programs happening in a diverse array of schools already, and seeing that is actually a way to make school more. Uh, engaging, applicable, pertinent to students in disadvantaged circumstances. They get to acquire uh, badges or certificate, students in those contexts get to acquire badges and certificates that they can actually use for job applications for, uh, and to demonstrate that despite the limitations of their school environment, they are prepared to succeed in selective or elite uh, colleges and universities. Yeah. So I think this goes hand in hand with Those kinds of programs to better support students with meaningful uh, certificates and actual uh, rigorously demonstrated preparation. But um,
0: I I, I would say I'm I'm excited about that as well. I think that if we can let our kids know that despite of their system, that even if your class your school isn't offering all of these rigorous courses, man, you can still build one heck of a uh, image and picture of who you are as a learner. And, um, I, I think that if we can view it through that lens, it really is an opportunity. So, uh, just as a final thought, um, how can folks learn more from you, about you, about the book? Uh, what's the best way for them to get to you?
1: Yeah, well, the best is Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Jonathan E. Martin, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-E Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. And, uh, Happy to have people connect with me there, follow me there. I uh, the book is called "Reinventing Crediting for Competency-Based Education: The Mastery Transcript Consortium Model and Beyond," and uh, it's on Amazon. It's published by Rutledge Press. It's widely available, and uh, I uh, you know I'm very happy to talk with folks about you know what this work entails and what it can bring about, and happy for people to contact me if they might want to join me to come to New Zealand. We'll be looking at not just um, private schools and uh, affluent uh, schools. We'll be looking at what New Zealand calls decile one, uh, lowest uh, decile socioeconomic uh, schools and how they're using New Zealand's transformative transcript to uh, create really culturally relevant, really culturally responsive curriculum with uh, the limitations of a conventional course sequence removed and making powerful learning experiences for their students. So, yeah, Jonathan E. Martin at Twitter is the best way to get to me. Fantastic.
0: Jonathan, always good to talk. I'm always learning from you, and I appreciate that. And thank you for helping me understand a little bit more about the mastery transcript. And thank you for
1: your hard work. Awesome, Bob. Thanks so much.